All right, we're back with another episode of Get to the Point with Buddy and Seabear. Uh, last last time we talked a little bit about the SEC mainly. Uh, this week we're going to talk more about. Uh, they came out with the, the USA Today came out with a new preseason coaches poll, their top 25. Going to run through it a little bit. Uh, talk about a couple of teams that are in there that we didn't get to talk about last week. But before we get to that, Seabear, uh, what you been up to, dude? Uh, this has officially been my first week, I guess full week, as a school teacher. And that's all I have to say about that. Pretty good. Not bad. Long first week? I mean, not really long. It's just kind of like getting used to – like, I'm used to coaching kids, not necessarily teaching them. So it's kind of like hard to get into that, like – it's hard to get into that mindset when you've never had to do it before. But I think I'm actually a pretty good teacher. I've actually had two kids already tell another teacher that I'm their favorite teacher. Are you being mean to them yet? Uh, Today I wrote my first referral. My first write-up. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, but uh, hey, what a time for Can't. your first. First week you ever done it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got you to gotta, you gotta let them know right away. That's right, dude. I'm the freaking, I am the law, okay? What I say goes, and that's it. I understand. That's good. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, well, let's just run through what they have so far. Uh, let's start at the top because everybody knows who the number one team in the country is, who it should be, and it's Georgia. We talked a little bit about them last week. Uh, I mean, they're going to be really good again. They're the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. Yeah, Surprisingly, the odds aren't as, high, as far off as you would think, but, I mean, they're still the favorite. Uh, really, like we said, Kind of depends on. We say it depends on quarterback play, but dude, it's they weren't. They're not really built like that. They're built running game, and their defense is going to be insanely good. And they're going to have a lot of weapons on the outside too. So Carson Beck should be. I would imagine he'd be fine. You just need a game manager, a quarterback. If you're Georgia, you just need somebody that's not going to turn the ball over. That's. I mean, that's what Stetson was for him for two years. So they just need another Stetson, somebody who can manage a game, not turn the ball over. They'll be fine. Well, it's more like what Stetson was, at least his the first year they won the national championship. He was a little bit more last year. Uh, you could tell he got really comfortable yeah. and really kind of took off with that offense. But this year is going to be a little bit different. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. Just have a game manager and they should be fine. Kind of going back to like those Alabama days, the early Saban years, when they just – when A.J. McCarron was considered a really good quarterback and he didn't do anything special, he just didn't make mistakes. Yep. That's, I mean, that's the name of the game in college football. Those quarterbacks that are questionable are the ones that will have 15, 20 interceptions. And you can't really do a whole lot when your defense is on the field for 10 minutes every quarter. There's just not a whole lot you can do as a football team. So I think Georgia will be fine. They got, like you said, they got the weapons. They got the defense. They just need to make sure that they're, whoever they put behind the center is going to manage the game correctly and not turn the ball over, and they'll be fine. Yep. Uh Kind of not much of a surprise here either. Number two is Michigan. Uh, made it to the playoff last year. Uh, got beat. Surprising. I think to a lot of people that got beat, um, the TCU loss was a little bit surprising. But they're going to be really good again. J.J. McCarthy's back. Blake Corum's back. 
you got a lot of guys that are, are returning. They're, they're going to be really good again. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of JJ McCarthy hype this year. Um, I don't know about like necessarily Heisman hype, but like how good he is as a quarterback. You know, it may be the system that they're in, but I haven't really been that super impressed by him. Uh, he, he's not going to go and throw for 300 yards a game if he has to. He's going to throw for 150 to 250 yards and hand the ball off to Blake Corum a lot. Cause I mean, Blake Corum is arguably, uh, arguably the best running back in the country. He's definitely a top five guy. He'll be a high draft pick this year if running backs get picked at all. But I don't know what, are you surprised that they put Michigan ahead of Ohio State? Um, no. Even though, like, we saw it in the playoffs last year, right? Ohio State played Georgia's closest game they played, Georgia played all year. And then, like, like we said, Michigan loses to TCU. I think that's a fluke. I genuinely do think it was fluky. I think this is the year we see Michigan in the national championship. I genuinely, I'm, I'm big on Michigan this year. And, the reason I say that, buddy, they're going to have to go through two juggernauts, Ohio State and Penn State. If they beat those two teams, yeah. they're, in my mind, I think they're the best team in college football if they can beat Ohio State and Penn State. So the Big Ten, the top is going to be really strong this year uh, with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, they're not as deep as they have been the last few years, I don't think, but then again, there's always that team, whether it's Wisconsin or Iowa or even just a Maryland game every once in a while, they, somebody slips up and they make it competitive. Uh, but no, I agree with you. If they can get through them, if they can somehow beat Ohio State three years in a row, which I don't know the last time that's happened, but it'd be pretty impressive. Uh, but Michigan's going to be really good. Uh, I don't really know how much of a test they're going to have early. I haven't looked at their schedule that much, but um, let me look it up real quick. But no, I, I don't know, man. Starting it's, off Michigan. Michigan's looking at starting the season. In my eyes, they're looking one, at starting two, the season. One, two, three, four. Their first actual test, if you even call it a test, is at Nebraska in Matt Rule's first year, which is going to be interesting, I'm sure. Um, but then again, I mean, it's Nebraska. They haven't done anything really special since the 90s. Uh, Minnesota, Indiana at home. At Michigan State will be interesting because Michigan State's always a good team. I think they're going to be a little bit better this year than they were last year. Um, and then they, they, like you said, their test, their first test is at Penn State. Uh, unfortunately, that game in most situations is a whiteout game, 100%. But because of the way that Fox does their game of the week, it's the big noon kickoff, and that game's at 11 o'clock, which is a crime because that should be a whiteout game. That should be Happy Valley's pack and giving them everything they can handle. But it's not. Penn State's kind of losing out there, but Michigan, that's a, that's a huge break for Michigan. Massive. I, I don't even know how you're – Yep. If you have any dealings with college football, why you think it's a good idea to play Michigan, Penn State? What is that week? Ten, week eleven, ten, week ten, yeah. week eleven, I think. Yeah, but yeah, why? it'll be their tenth game. Yeah, like what are we? What are we even talking? That's a that is a seven o'clock kickoff if I have ever seen one. But I don't make. The I rules. mean, there's playoff implications online in that game. Absolutely, I know. There's playoff implications online. Penn State's a good squad, dude. I mean, there's a solid. Ch- 
Absolutely. There's a solid chance both of them come in undefeated or one of them has a one loss. Absolutely. You're I mean, that's you're looking at a in my eyes, you're looking at the number two team against the number five or number sixteen. In my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Michigan Michigan be really good again this year, mm-hmm. but whether or not they can beat both Penn State and Ohio State, that's that's really good the question. Uh also the Big Ten is doing away with divisions this year, so it will be the best two teams playing against each other in the Big Ten Championship. So even if they lose one of those games, not even both, if they lose one, they'll have another chance to make up for it in the Big Ten Championship game. So it's not going to be Ohio State playing a seven-loss – I mean, a seven-win Purdue like last year. No. That's not going to happen. That that can't happen. So I, I can't, that can't happen. That can't yeah, be a I, thing. Well – I kind of like how they're doing it with no division. So you are going to get those two teams. Now, there's going to be a chance that Ohio State and Michigan play two weeks in a row, which is going to be a little bit weird. But, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, number three is a little bit surprising uh, after we've talked about it. I think this is just the Nick Saban effect, but they have Alabama at three, and everybody is talking about how maybe they're not going to be as good this year. But here they are sitting at number three. Uh, th- thoughts? I think it's strength of schedule based. They have a their strength of schedule is not very good. I think that's what it's based on. Their biggest test in my eyes is LSU and Texas A&M, and I think they're going to dog walk both of them because of what happened last year. Yeah, um, I mean they got Tennessee again, but Tennessee's also at home, so yeah, th- they kind of get those games where they want them. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right. A lot of people thought that. A lot of people thought that Ohio State would be at three, but they're not. They're at four. Uh, they lose C.J. Stroud, so that's that's a huge loss. Um, you're going to have um, Kyle McCord. He'll more than likely be their quarterback. Uh, hasn't really done anything, so he, you don't really know what you're going to get there, but you have tons of weapons on the outside. You have Marvin Harrison Jr. back, and I mean, he's going to probably be the first re- receiver taken this in the draft this coming year. I think he's. Um, I think he's a top five pick. So they're going to be really good. He's definitely a top five yeah. pick. Uh, it, it, I think Ohio State's kind of in a similar situation as Georgia is. They have the defense. They have the weapons. They're just question marks at quarterback because we haven't seen Beck or McCord play yet. So I want to say that Ohio State. It doesn't really matter, but we've seen – like even last year with C.J. Stroud, they got into games where the offense couldn't really do a lot. And I, in my mind, C.J. Stroud was probably the best quarterback in college football behind Caleb Williams. So it's it's a tough place for Ohio State. And like we've talked about already, buddy, that Big Ten, the top of it, you're just about to just it's, – it's a heavyweight fight. It's a 12-round boxing match where you're just going to have to get in there and slug it out. And hope you come out on the right. Yeah, day. got it. Not only that, though, they got a big non-conference game relatively early. They go to Notre Dame. Um, they beat Notre Dame pretty handily last year in at Ohio State, but it's going to be a little bit different at Notre Dame. Uh, they're going to be Notre Dame's going to be a good team. We'll get to them in a little bit, but they got at Notre Dame early. They have Penn State at home. They escaped with the win against Penn State last year at, in Happy Valley. Uh, but they have them at home this year. And then the, the the game is Ohio State-Michigan, which is at the big house in Ann Arbor. Uh, so they've lost two years in a row to them. 
Like I said a minute ago, I don't know how when the last time they've lost three in a row. I don't really see that happening. I think Ohio State probably gets maybe a little bit of payback and beats them that that game. But then again, we're talking about Michigan being known to slip up and lose a game. Ohio State does it almost every year. Watch out for a big-time Ohio State killer. They go to Purdue on October 14th. Watch out there. You never really know what might happen. Uh, and then, like, I, th- I really see they could lose at Notre Dame. Penn State's going to be a good test, but they have them at home. And then at Michigan's going to be the question mark. But outside of that, Purdue maybe. I don't know. Purdue is not Purdue's not going to be great, but then again, all it ha- takes is one game. I'm going to keep my eyeballs on that Ohio State-Notre Dame game. 6.30 kickoff. Ohio State's opening as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite already. Uh, if I see that game – if I see this get under a touchdown, which so- it sounds weird, but if I see Notre Dame anywhere under seven, seven or under, I'm hammering them. Because if they're trying to get you to lay – if they're trying to get you to lay a touchdown with Ohio State, usually that's when you don't need to lay it, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at that game. Yeah. Um, a lot of respect for LSU this year. They come in at number five. Uh, I don't know. Like we said, I don't know if they'll end up there. They may be a top 10 team at the end of the year, but top five is that's, that's a lot. Uh, cause they have a tough schedule. I mean, they're in the SEC West. It's not easy. And, um, we'll see. They got a lot of tough games, but I think it's I too know. easy. Like it's too easy to say that LSU is a top five team. Like if you get where I'm coming from, like it's just too – in college football, nothing comes easy. You're not going to get anything easy with Vegas. You're not going to get anything easy as far as wins and losses are concerned. If you look at LSU's schedule, legitimately, buddy, there are five games on there where you can see LSU lose. Now, they're not going to lose those, yeah. all five of them. But I think the third week of the season when they come into start at 11 o'clock, I think, start, I think State's got a good chance at beating them. You can call me crazy if you want to. I don't care. I think State can beat them. I think anybody can beat them. Um, they go to Ole Miss a couple weeks after that. I think Ole Miss can beat them. I do too. They go they, – it's a neutral site, basically road game, first game of the year in Orlando against Florida State. They can beat them. At Alabama, that's going to be tough. Uh, where do they play Florida this year? I think it's in Florida. Say, so, I mean, any game schedule, in the swamp, that's not easy. Their road schedule's brutal. Yeah. I can tell you. But I don't know. No, they're in they're in Baton Rouge. Oh, that changes that a little bit. It does. But I mean, they gotta go to they gotta go to Alabama. They gotta go to Oxford. They gotta go to Starkville. That's that's buddy, I don't care what anybody says and I've been in these college football group chats, and everybody's crapping on Mississippi State, and everybody's crapping on Ole Miss. I it, it's SEC football. Any given week, like you just said a minute ago, anybody can win. It does not matter unless there unless it's not a twenty eight point spread or a thirty five point spread. Literally, anybody can win. Yeah. I agree. Unless you're playing Vanderbilt. Speaking of Vanderbilt, do you see that where their stadium's not gonna be finished by week one <laughs> and they're gonna have to play they're gonna have to play at a freaking high school field? That is so Vandy. <laughs> I'm still watching that football game. Oh, hundred percent. If they I don't I don't know how they're gonna be able to do it, but the thing about it is is that 
if it was anybody else in the SEC except Vanderbilt, everybody would be up in arms saying that they should be playing somewhere else. But it's Vanderbilt. They may not be able to fill up a high school stadium. <laughs> they won't. They're st- I mean, they're what does it hold? They- 35,000, I think, is what it holds, their football stadium. The high school stadium? Mm-mm. Oh yeah, no. I don't even. I think it's right around forty, forty-five. Yeah. But they don't. I mean, they put most of the time in that stadium. Yeah, I think they'll be fine there. But uh, moving on, number six, USC. Uh, Caleb Williams comes back trying to win a second straight Heisman Trophy. Uh, they got weapons. Their defense is still going to be questionable. It's Lincoln Riley's coach team. The defense is going to be questionable, but the offense is going to be insanely good. It's going to make up for that a lot. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, I don't know, back in the spring, about how the Pac-12 is going to be good this year. They're deep. They have one, two, three, four. Uh, there's no way it's only four. Oh, five. Five Pac-12 teams in the top 25, which is – Maybe I mean that's one of the highest ones in the country. They're going to be deep. Uh, they have, I mean, watch out for they got to go to Boulder and play Colorado with Dion. That's going to be an interesting one. They go to Notre Dame, uh, Utah, who beat them twice last year. They have them at home. Washington at home. That's going to be a good one. Then they go to Oregon. Um, no, that's. One, two, three, four, five really tough games. And then UCLA is not going to be a bad team either. So that's six games where, I mean, you could, I could see them losing three or four. If you're USC, but I could also see them going undefeated. I, I, if you're USC, like you mentioned, buddy, they go to Notre Dame, right? Then the very next week, they come back home and they got to play Utah. Two weeks yeah. after the Utah game, they got to play Washington. A week after they play Washington, they got to go to Oregon. That five-week yeah. stretch right there—I mean, that's brutal. Yeah, that's rough. But I mean, I, I like I said, I could see Caleb Williams carrying and going undefeated, but I could also see them losing three or four, maybe even five games. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. Here's the thing about Caleb Williams: is that there hasn't been a um there hasn't been a back to back Heisman winner since who was his running back for Ohio State? I don't know. I should know, but I don't know. I should too. I do know this, but I just can't think of his name. Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin won it in nineteen seventy four. In 1975, the only player to ever win a Heisman back-to-back years. The problem is, is that there's been a lot of really, really good players that has won a Heisman and then didn't have enough eligibility to come back. But a lot of times, I feel like the voters are trying to avoid a back-to-back Heisman, and they look at anything they can to not give it to them. Yep. The dude is special. I mean, he's he has more hype coming into him into this year than probably any quarterback has had since like Andrew Luck. Um, uh, like where that you see them, where they re- the their game will translate into the NFL. Yep. Now, ten years ago, his game wouldn't, but with Patrick Mahomes, uh, it really kind of makes it to where I think his game translates into the NFL, and he'll go he'll go first round, first pick next year, unless something crazy happens, he gets hurt or something like that. But I think people are just going to pick at reasons to not give him the Heisman, even though at the end of the year. It's not going to surprise me if he should be the one that is walking away with back to back. 
It will, yeah. I mean, it won't surprise me, but I don't see it happening. And I, I don't see it happening because I think you're looking at a 10-2 USC team like they were last year. You don't think a 10-2 team can get, have a Heisman winner? I'm not saying that, but definitely not a back-to-back Heisman winner. you got to go 11-1 undefeated. Lamar Jackson, right? He won the Heisman, came back the next year, and they went 6-6. Six and six, And nobody even talked about it. He was like the fifth in the Heisman voting. Well, if you go six and I say if you go six and six, that's one thing. But ten and two is a whole different deal. Yeah, but it's USC, and they can go ten and two and win the Pac twelve. I mean, it's that's very realistic. But I mean, maybe, maybe because I genuinely, buddy, call me crazy. When we're gonna get to it in a minute, but I think Washington and Utah. I think Washington's a freaking legit, legit, legit contender to play in the freaking. I think they're in the college football playoff talk, in my eyes. They definitely may be. They may be. Um, but, like, I feel like the Heisman nowadays has gone to not really even the best player in the country. It's the best player on the best team. Yeah. Which I disagree with. I don't think that's how it should be. I think it should be the best player. You hadn't really seen a guy win a Heisman without being in a super really – like a New Year's Six type bowl since, I don't know, RG3. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a while, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Moving on, number seven, Penn State. Uh, kind of talked with them already a little bit. Ooh, they got a a fun little game early in the year. West Virginia, first game of the year. That's gonna be fun. That is gonna be a good one. Is it in Morgantown? No, it's at it's at Penn State. Sure. I mean. They got to go to the Dome in Illinois third week of the season. That's not an easy place to play. Hey, shout out our guy, Luke Altmaier. Shout out. Be starting quarterback up at Illinois. I'd, I would love to see it. I'd love to see him take down the Nittany Lions. I'd love it. Uh, then, I mean, Ohio, at Ohio State, Michigan at home, we already talked about those, and close it off at Michigan State. They have, I mean, they have a legit chance to run the table here too, just as much as Michigan or Ohio State does. They're going to be really, really good this year. Um, so what we'll hurts see. them? What hurts them worse than Michigan is obviously they got to play them at, at Ohio State. They got to play Ohio State at Ohio State. That hurts them a lot, a lot. Yeah, a lot. big time. But I think they're. Uh, what do you think? Team. Yeah. What do you think about Florida State? This team, I can't really figure out what I think about them. I love them. Like, I can see this team. They're they're getting talks about making the playoffs. They're getting talks about being a bust. Jordan Travis is not getting any love right now, and he's a, he's a top quarterback in the country. Then again, they could very, very easily, after four games, be two and two. I mean, they start out against LSU, who everybody's talking so highly about, and then get week four, they're at Clemson. So, I mean, they could easily be two and two and then be in a lot of trouble. However, after that, schedule gets a lot easier, uh, really kind of until Miami, but Miami is such a question mark every year. You don't really know what you're going to get. And at Florida, Florida, I don't expect to be very good this year. So they could easily be 10 and two at the end of the year, even in starting out two and two. If they can somehow, somehow match this, this is crazy. Okay. 
LSU is getting 99% of the tickets and 99% of the money on that game, and the line has not budged. They are Vegas is scared. What is the play. line of that game? It was one and a half when it opened. It's two and a half now. For ninety nine percent of the money to be oh, coming wow. in, they've only moved the line one point. You think like people think it's easy? Like that's what I was telling you. College football is not easy. Vegas is not giving you winners. It's not their job to help you win bets. It's their job to take your money. Florida State at dude that game. People keep oh LSU not winning two losing two years in a row. Do you think LSU gives a? They played for an SEC West Championship last year. Do you really think they give a? They lost to Florida State. No, not anymore. But I also don't think. Look at how bad they played that game and, and lost. They played horribly that game. Horrible. I mean, they had Jay Daniels made a great drive at the end of the game to give them a chance to tie it up, and then they get the field the extra point block. I mean. And they they played horribly that game, and they figured it out. And I don't think that year two, Brian Kelly with a returning quarterback with a loaded roster is going to screw up again. I think LSU is going to win that game. I think it's going to be more than two and a half, too. I, you you might be right, man, but I'm just going to go ahead and let you know right now, my money's going to be on Florida State. What a, what an opportunity for Florida State, though, to make a statement right away. And that's exactly why I'm thinking they can do it. It's a great opportunity. Everybody's so high on LSU. I mean, LSU. they go in. Mm-hmm. They go in and win that game, then they're three and zero going to Clemson, yep. and that's a game where, if you look at both of their schedules, speaking of Clemson, they're number nine in the rankings. If you look at both of their schedules right after that game, I mean, even Clemson up to that game, the Clemson's really only test this year is Florida State. But after those games, they may run the table. So that game, week four, may decide the ACC. I love that though, because it's not giving teams time to 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 you know stack up wins and things like that. Like you're going to go out there and figure out if you're good enough week four. Like that just is what it is. Yeah, you're going to figure out who's who week four. I love it. I mean, it's I mean as much as much people are talking about Florida State being a bust if they go and beat LSU week one. Then you got to start thinking, like, really, maybe playoff talk. Then again, that's a long time to start thinking about that. You got 11 more games after that, which can get in college kids' heads. They start looking ahead at games. They don't look, they start looking ahead to Clemson and then miss a game just a little bit. They're off a little bit and somebody slips up and can compete with them. And you get late in the game, you never know what happens if it's a close game. No, I, I just don't. The ACC is so weak. It is always just weak. It's if 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 Florida State can go into Clemson three and zero, right? Mm-hmm. That week four game is going to decide everything because one of those two teams yeah. is going to go undefeated. If Florida State goes into Clemson three and zero, one of those two teams will go undefeated. Because Clemson, like you said, boy, they ain't got nobody on the schedule. Florida State's it. That's it. That's no. all they got. But that also hates, so, I makes mean, me hate mu- Dabo Sweeney. Like, what a freaking clown. Dude is a freaking clown. Well, well, as much as you talk about the playoff opportunities for Florida State, the Clemson ones are right there. I mean, like you said, the thing about them, though, is that if even if they beat Florida State, if they slip up at all, 
that's it because their schedule is so weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least Florida State has that LSU game on their schedule to at least kind of help a little bit. But Clemson doesn't have that. That's nothing. So there's a solid chance, though, that there's an ACC team back in the playoff this year because of one of those two teams. Yeah, But it's going to come from one of those t- two teams. That's it. There's nobody else. They're the only two ACC teams that – well, there's actually one more that's ranked, but they have, they're not going to get it. But they, yeah, they would. Uh, yeah, we all know who we're talking about. We can go ahead and say it. North Carolina. Yeah, they're not sniffing the college football playoff. They're they're there because of Drake May. That's literally that's it. it. That's it. That's all there is yeah. to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll score seventy points a game, and they'll Number probably 10. give up fifty-two. Yeah, that did happen a tough couple of times last year. Yeah, App State game. Didn't they lose a blowout? Like, yeah, I would say wasn't it like sixty to or wasn't it seventy something to sixty? Like I don't know what it was. It was seventy-three or something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah, it sounded like it felt like an old Big Twelve game <laughs> or a Pac twelve <laughs> after dark. It game. was a freaking track show. People were just running up and down the field. It was an awesome game to watch. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Uh, number ten, right out of the top ten, Tennessee. Uh, we've kind of already talked about them. We don't have to talk about them much. It's just going to depend on whether or not you can replicate what Hendon Hooker gave you without him there. I think Milton's good enough. I think he's going to be really good. I've watched him at first, and I—I I mean, he's got a huge arm. That's what he's known for. But the more I watch a little bit of film on him, I'm like, okay, this guy's not bad. I'm like, he can make some throws. He's athletic. He can do some pretty good stuff. Plus he's had, he got to get some really good experience last year when hooker went down. They, he beat a good Clemson team. Now it was a bowl game. And nowadays, if it's not a playoff game in the bowl games, you never know what's going to happen, but I think they're going to be a really good team. And he's got a chance to, I guess, compete with Georgia in the East. Maybe. They have a chance. I don't, I don't they know. Have, they can compete. They have a chance. This is this is the cool thing about Tennessee, right? Joe Milton was the starter over Hendon Hooker when both of them transferred in. Yeah. Four or five weeks into the season, Hendon Hooker took the starting job. Milton stepped back. Hendon Hooker had an offseason, and he performed really well this past year. Milton's getting the same thing that Hooker got. If he shows yeah. if he shows any signs that he got better with his accuracy, watch out. Because he's going to send he doesn't footballs have... into people's face masks. Yeah, they better be able to catch it. I mean, hell. speaking of catching it, they don't have that. They don't have Jalen Hyde anymore, which is a big loss. True. But very true. Yeah, Tennessee's paying people. Uh, move. Yeah, that's true. So, so is everybody nowadays. But still... They paid that quarterback from Hawaii like thirteen million dollars. Yeah, it's stupid. But uh, moving on, let's go back out west. This is your team. We got the Husky, the Huskies, Washington. Uh, they come in at number eleven. They got some. They go on the road to Michigan State early. That's going to be a good one. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is back for his twelfth year of college football. Um, he's he's a legitimate Heisman contender. Uh, he really is with this team. They're going to be really good. Uh, Michigan State early, Oregon at home that helps, and then they go to to USC. Um, one more game on the schedule that you really need to watch out for. Oh, geez, dude, this their three other last four weeks, the three weeks leading up to the last week of the year, they go to USC, 
home against Utah to Oregon State. Murder. <laughs> that is that's tough. That's a chopping block. Dude, how long has it been since we've talked about a Pac-12 schedule where you're talking about multiple games on each team's schedule being like a legit uh, make-or-break game? I love it. For not just not just like a whoever wins the Pac-12 and who, the nine-win Pac-12 team that goes to the Rose Bowl. We're talking about playoffs here. I mean, What are you talking playoffs. about practice, buddy? We're talking about playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm excited to see what they do this year. Uh, hopefully they can get some games that start before 10 o'clock where people can actually watch them. Honestly, dude, nobody but, knew anything about Washington until we got like the week six or seven and we we're like, all right, they're actually a pretty good team, but nobody knows because they play at I 12 o'clock every night. Yeah. Put Arizona state or Washington state on the 10 o'clock. Game. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. Put those guys on at seven. I want to see them. I will say though, uh, it made for a really easy West coast betting. Because, like, you could stay up late, 10 or 11 o'clock, and you knew Washington was going to play, so you bet the over and bet Washington spread, and you'd be all right when you woke up on yeah, Sunday morning. Yeah, after you lost lost your ass all day on Saturday Absolutely. during the day, and you got a chance to redeem yourself in Pac-12 right. after dark. You can load it up with all like Washington <laughs> at 10 30 at night. <laughs> all right. This team, I don't know what to think about. Uh, number, coming in at number 12 – Texas. I think their the roster is really really good. However, I feel like this this feels like another one of those Texas teams that they're hyped up because they're Texas because they haven't proven anything. That's the only reason I say that they have not proven a thing in the last uh, I don't know since two thousand five. I mean, well, I guess to oh nine they did make the national championship and got skull drug by Alabama, but Quinn Ewers is legit. And they go to Tuscaloosa's week two. Um, that's that's your game where you find out if they can compete or not right away. Yep. Absolutely. What worries me? What worries me is if they do go into Alabama and lose. They run. They run rough shot through the Big Twelve, and everybody's talking about is Texas or legit playoff get team. Because I, I can see a world where they run I think, rough shot through the Big 12 just to eat the Big 12 up. I mean, they play five games right now against a team that's in the preseason top 25. So, I mean, the schedule may be there where that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it just depends on – I think that depends on how they play against Alabama. Uh, if they get – beat by 30, then no. But if they lose a close one like they did last year, then yeah, I think you have that conversation. I think uh, I think the team that wins the Big 12 is the least talked about best Big 12 team there is. Yes. I think the Big 12 the Big 12 ends up, I mean they have one, two, three, four, five teams in the top 25, but I don't feel like any of them are legit contenders except maybe Texas. Just because of the uh, roster. I don't know. I think I, I legitimately, yeah, and and we'll get to it, buddy. And we're we're kind of skipping over some people here, but at sixteen, seventeen, and nineteen, you got TCU at sixteen, Kansas State at seventeen, and and uh, OU at nineteen. I think that Kansas State team is going to be really good. I think they have a chance to go. Yeah, 10 but and they 10. have the. 
Yeah, but they have Texas has them at home, which helps. Which helps them out a lot, a hundred percent. Yeah, but Kansas State's road games uh, the the roughest ones. Texas, the second toughest is probably Oklahoma State, and then probably Texas Tech and then Kansas. So I mean, their road games aren't yeah. that, they're not that rough. I mean, just get through Texas, and I think you got a really good chance at winning the Big Twelve. Main thing is that they just they have you. Talk, we talk about how good the roster is. They have good rosters every single year. Yep, and they never do anything with it. Nope. So, but they do uh, have better coaching than they have had. Yeah, but then again, Sarkeesian hasn't won big games yet. Nope. I mean, he hasn't. He had a real good chance. I'm to not scare saying he can't piss out of Alabama last year at home, and he scared him, but he couldn't win it. He definitely scared him. Yeah. Uh. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Notre Dame interests me a little bit. Uh, I mean, they're coming in at 13. Notre Dame, you know, their schedule is always kind of jacked up because they're independent. Uh, so they play really good teams, but it's – I don't know. What do you think about Notre Dame? Mm. Um, I mean, they got Sam Hartman as came in from Wake Forest. That's a huge pickup because Sam Hartman can light it up. But I don't feel like that makes sense for Notre Dame because Notre Dame doesn't do that. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is Notre Dame going to turn into the air raid, though? No. So that's the thing. It's like the only reason Hartman was as good as he was because he was at Wake Forest and they were scoring 70 points a game. I mean, hell, he threw the ball 60 times a game. In college, that's, yeah, that's unheard true. of. Yeah. Do you think there's any way possible that they contend for a playoff spot? No. Okay. I agree. Well, let's move on then because I don't really care to talk about that. <laughs> Good um, luck to Marcus Freeman, though. I do want to see them. I, I do want to see him. I like do him. Well. I say I like him. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the Utes of Utah coming at 14. Our man Mac Howard's up there. Uh, Cam Rising is expected to be back after he messed his knee up in the uh, Rose Bowl last year. Uh, but. I don't know. This they're going to be they're in that Pac-12, which is a really good league again this year, like we've been saying. Uh, so we'll. Do you think that they can compete? I mean, I think they can p- compete for a Pac-12 championship, yeah. but I don't know if they can compete for a uh, national championship. They got Florida early in Utah. I think they run right through them. I do too. Um, go to Baylor. That should be an interesting one. And then they hit. I've never thought I'd see this, the, the juggernaut of the Pac-12 schedule. Um, at Oregon State, they go to USC. They got Oregon at home. They go to Washington, They're, they and they have Colorado at home to finish it. That's not necessarily an easy schedule. And then next thing you know, Arizona may be a decent team this year, and they go to Arizona. So I'll tell you that's a gonna, tough schedule, man. I'll tell you who's going to kill Arizona. I don't want to hear. I don't care about them. They're not in the top 25. We're not talking about them. If you're not in the top 25, we're not talking about it. Hey, well, they got so 13 votes. Behind. <laughs> if you look at who they're behind in voting, it is freaking absurd. Fresno State. We're, talk, we're talking. <laughs> oh. What? Oh. How does Fresno State get 29 votes to be in the top 25? And oh, State no. It's 13, bro. What are we talking about? Oh man, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. I don't have that problem this early in the season. You don't. My guys aren't. We don't have that problem. That is hilarious. That is so funny. 
UTSA has got like 50 something and Mississippi State's got 13. <laughs> oh, man. Well, maybe Mississippi State can prove how good they are when they beat Arizona this year. I hope so because I got freaking $200 spread out all over the place that they win six games. So, Jesus Lord, please. Or seven, <laughs> sorry. Oh, gosh. All right. 15, Oregon. Uh, Bo Nix is back. He's another guy that feels like he's been in college football for 12 years. Uh, do you think he can compete for a Heisman this year? No, because he's Bo Nix. He always hey, he lit it up last year. He Oregon. always finds a way to shoot himself in the foot. That's true. Yeah. Um, at Texas Tech early. That's a good one. What's up, bud? <laughs> Texas Tech's going to be a decent squad this year. I think they're an eight and four team. You know, it's kind of weird, buddy. The last two bowl games Texas Tech has played, they've played Mississippi State and Ole Miss and beat them both. <laughs> Texas Tech's not going to be bad, but they're like an eight and four team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know. Oregon got Oregon goes to Washington, to Utah, home against USC, and home against Oregon State. Uh, I think that they have to compete for a national championship for Bo Nix to get a chance because he's going to have to play that good for him to be there. Mm-hmm. I think that they could do it, but I don't see it happening. Mm-mm. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the best thing that Oregon's done in the last three years is get rid of Joe Moorhead. Yeah, that was smart. <laughs> That's the best thing they've done um, in three years. <laughs> yeah. You don't really like Moorhead that much, do you? No, he's a freaking – Demas. <laughs> All right. TCU is at 16. I do not – I'm going to give you a little – a bit of a possible um, cold take here. I don't think TCU's ranked after week one. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. That's not a cold take. I'm with you, buddy. I think Colorado and Dion. I think Dion comes in, beats TCU in TCU first first game of the year. Okay, that's a little much. I tell that's why I don't think they're going to be the top twenty five after week one. Colorado is going to come in and beat them. Come on, are you being serious, I, dude? D, I love Dion. Oh. I, I love him. Yeah, but he's you awesome. Can love him, but I think he's Shador Sanders. You can't look at you can't. So he's good. Maybe he's good at Jackson State. What does that mean? I mean, you never know what ha- might happen. Oh, I'm just sitting here telling look, you. Vegas has their win total look, set at three you and can't, a half. Vegas has their win total set at three and a half. That's that's because they went one and eleven last year, and they didn't bring anybody back. They have a whole new team, so it's not like you can base anything they did last year on what they're going to do this year. They went four games. It's a whole new shocked. team. They went four games. I'll be shocked. Well, but I don't think TCU is going to be very I'm good. Thinking, so I agree with you. I do think I'm they, thinking TCU is going to be one of those. I think TCU is going to be one of those four wins. So that's fair. I, I can see a world where it happens, but TCU is open to like 21 point favorites. So I don't even think Vegas thinks they're going to be close. I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah. I just don't think TCU loses it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. If they do, though, I, watch went, out for went Colorado. On, it's like first game on that Saturday. It's an 11 o'clock game. Whenever. Um, Colorado leaves Fort Worth with the dub. I'm gonna let you know. Please do, because I'll tell you you were right, and I will. I will actually make a video and put it out on Twitter on Get to the Point Twitter and say Buddy Dill was right and I was wrong. 
That's what I thought. Uh, another Big 12 team coming in at 17, K-State. Uh, they're going to be good again this year. They lost Deuce Vaughn, who's a big big loss for them. Uh, schedule's not that hard. I mean, at Okie State, UCF at home, at Texas Tech, at Texas, that's a tough one. But, I mean, they have a good chance. They could be – I could see them being 9-3 and three at the end of the year. I've got them at 10-2. Competing two. for one of those yep. – yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, I think Kansas State. So I think Kansas State and Texas are going to be the best two teams in the Big Twelve. And buddy, I couldn't agree more, except for the fact of the Week One thing. But I do not think TCU is going to be very good this year. Yeah, they had a fluke season last yeah, year. I'm right there with you. I mean, Max Duggan was a legit guy. He made that team happen. He's not there anymore. Yeah. So leaders lead. And. And K State beat T- TCU in the Big Twelve Championship game last year. So K State's legit. This right here may be my favorite top twenty-five team in it because me and you talked about this back in December or January, and this team you better watch out for. And I think the coaches agree because Oregon State is at eighteen, and I don't think I don't know when the last time Oregon State was ranked was. They had a good finish to the year last year, and DJ Uyunglele is going to be there. And I think he has a good chance to resurrect a career that they, it was so hyped up at Clemson didn't work out. And then he goes to Oregon State. I think he can have a really good year this year and make Oregon State contend for the Pac-12. The thing that Oregon State doesn't have that is going to help, whatever, however you say his name, bro. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. They don't have that Clemson hype. So all that stuff that Uilagalale was having to look at on Twitter about how much he sucked and all that stuff, Oregon State's just happy they finally got a quarterback that they can name. Like that they can literally say, that's an actual quarterback. They're not going to say a bad word about it. They probably probably can't pronounce his name. I can't. I mean, I'm not even – dude, I don't even know what's going on. Oregon State – I mean, God, they're going to be good. They are going to be good. Dude, you look at, you look at their schedule and they're going to beat San Jose state, UC Davis, San Diego state, and probably Washington state too. They have, they could be four and O going into, that's a Friday night game against Utah at home. Love it. Absolutely love it. I couldn't love it anymore. I, I think Utah's on upset alert there. Uh, and then after that, I mean, they have at they have Washington at home, so they're big games. They have Utah at home, Washington at home. They go to Oregon in the Civil War, but I mean, I like I like their chances here. I kind of like Oregon State to at least be a they could be an easily a nine and three, ten and two, maybe even eleven one year team this year. I have got to look at their win total on the season. I have to. We'll get to that a little bit later because we're kind of taking a little bit longer going through this. But Oklahoma's at 19. I don't see, think they're going to be that good this year. Dylan, Dylan Gabriel's back, but he was hurt most of the year last year. He was hurt the whole time he was at UCF. I don't know how his health is going to be able to hold up. So I don't see them doing much. I think they're fourth, fifth best team in the Big 12. Uh, Oregon you, State. You agree, disagree, what? Oregon State's win total is set at eight and a half. I'm getting plus money on the over right now. I like it. 
I mean, I like it. Well, y'all know I just put in a bet. I mean, we're putting. I mean, come but on. yeah, what do you think about Oklahoma here? I, I, I'm so I'm scared of them. I'll be honest with you, I'm scared of them because I can see a world where they'll be good, and I can see a world where they win four or five games like they did last year, and everybody talks about how crappy of a coach Brett Venables is. If Venables does not make win more than eight games this year, out. See you later. Goodbye. Bye. Like he's done. Toast. Probably so. I just Pro- probably so. I'm out on. I'm out. I am out on Oklahoma. I don't even want to. I don't even want to go nowhere near them. They scare me. Well, do you want do you want to talk about North Carolina besides Drake May? No, that's all there is to say. Congratulations, Drake May. You're one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and you play on one of the worst teams in the country. It's unfortunate, but he's going to carry him to. He's carried him to the number twenty preseason ranking, and I think that's about as high as they'll get. So, yeah, that ain't going to last long. Not going to last long. Yeah. Number twenty one, Wisconsin. Uh, this is the fourth and final Big Ten team in the top twenty five. Uh, they're in the you know they're that. I say they're not they don't don't have divisions anymore, but they play in the side of the Big Ten that doesn't have to play the big schools. They don't have to play Ohio State. They don't have to play Penn State. They don't have to play Michigan. They do have to play Ohio State. So I'd miss that. Yes, they do have to play Ohio State. Okay, well, I mean, they could easily be ten and two. I think that's why they have them. Where Schedule's at. pretty easy. Schedule's easy. I think that's why they have them where they're at. I don't think they. I don't think they ever break yeah. the top fifteen this year, though, just because their strength of schedule is so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Iowa game, they could win that one, and it could be mean something because I think Iowa will be in the top twenty-five because they're a good team this year. Mm-hmm. I was pretty uh, slept on, but to not see them again, in the top twenty-five is kind of weird. I thought, you know why they're slept on? Because they didn't score any points last year. It's because they're Iowa, and they were the worst offensive team in the country last year. Yeah, but they had the best defense. However, they were paired up with the best defense, (laughs) yes. I don't know if that's ever happened or will ever happen again. They had the worst offense and the best defense in the country, scoring-wise. What what were they, like 7-5 and last year? I think so. The games they won was like 10-3. I mean, if they would have just had a – if they would have had a competent offense, they could have won a lot of games. But it's so bad. Didn't Iowa get a new quarterback? But no, Wisconsin has a good chance to make it. I think so. I'm not sure. Look out for Iowa. Um, Ole Miss is coming in at number 22. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. We talked about them a lot last time. They could. I could see him jumping up. I could see him finishing in the top ten. I could see him finishing not even close to the top twenty-five. Floor seven and five, ceiling nine. I and don't three. know what to think. I think the ceiling's a little higher. You think ten and two? I think they could get to ten and two. I can see that. I think with they have losses to, to Alabama, and Alabama and Georgia. I was just about to say. I think they have to beat Alabama to get to ten and two, which I do very well think can happen. No, I agree, but I don't think. I mean, it's Alabama and Alabama. We've won twice there ever. So, Pete Golding. It's probably not going to happen. If there's anybody year, that can stop Alabama, Pete Golding. It's Pete Golding. Pete Golding is there. That's a big. That's a big one for us. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Tulane comes in at number twenty-three. Ole Miss and Tulane will play each other week two. That's going to be matchup. a big one for them. Yeah, because Ole Miss will win week one. Yep. Uh, they. 
Tulane plays South Alabama week one. They'll beat them. And then other than that, I mean, it's not a whole lot there. They don't play anybody good. Mm-hmm. If they can beat Ole Miss, they could possibly run the table. If they don't beat Ole Miss, they can still run the table after that and be 11-1 and one and be talking about another New Year's Six Bowl. That's the ceiling for them, though. I mean, yeah, I mean. Undefeated is a ceiling. I mean, it's it is it's there. There's a possibility of it. I just man, I, I'm. I, Ole Miss is too good, too athletic. Ole Miss is just way too athletic. I mean, I think Ole Miss wins the game, but yeah, I agree. I, I think Ole Miss wins the game, but that doesn't mean they can't go eleven and one right after that. No, because like you're saying, they don't really but, have anybody. I mean, they're playing in the American Conference. Yeah. The Conference USA, whatever it is. Yeah, and whichever one they're in. Uh, Texas Tech is comes in at number 24. Texas Tech, their last game they played, they beat Ole Miss, like we talked about earlier. Mm. <laughs> they're a good team. I don't think they're going to be great. They're going to lose to Oregon week two. We talked about it earlier. Watch out for that game, but the Oregon's going to beat them. Um, there's nothing really on their schedule that just kind of really excites me. UCF coming to town late in the year, maybe. Uh, Plumlee's going to run all over them. Depends on what UCF can do throughout the year. I mean, I, I think I had UCF at like four and eight when I did my playoff predictor. I don't – Texas Tech's going to be decent, but like like we said earlier, buddy, I mean, they got to play Oregon at Texas Tech, which is going to be tough. Kansas State at Texas Tech. at, at They go to Morgantown at West Virginia. Yeah. They're at at BYU is not an easy game. They're in Austin, at Kansas, at Texas. It's going to be rough. That's a tough schedule. Absolutely. I think I think they're getting respect for being a good team last year, but I don't expect a whole lot from them. So I don't we'll see them in the top twenty-five at the and end of the year. I agree. Speaking of another team, I don't see in the top twenty-five at the end of the year. Rounding out the top twenty-five is Texas A&M. We talked about them enough last time, and I don't like A&M. I don't want to talk about them, but I do want to talk about one thing. Did you watch the Johnny Manziel documentary? I haven't yet. I'm starting it this weekend so I can binge it. Oh, God. It's one It's one episode. It's like a movie type thing. It's an hour and 30 minutes. I thought it was, a bin- I thought it was one of those six-episode things. No, it's just one. I might watch it tonight. Look, let me tell you this. It's wild. As much as much as you thought you knew about Johnny Manziel back in the day, it was so much crazier, and it was awesome. I loved it. I love Johnny, but I loved Johnny then. Johnny football was awesome. Oh yeah, there was a little bit of I kind of based my football quarterback days around him, how he played. Um, how that not go always for a you? good idea, but you know, <laughs> I'm say, how'd that go for you? well, the well. Threw a lot of touchdowns, threw a lot of interceptions too. Hey, but you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I will say this: that was more junior high, though. Junior high was easy. I will say this: high school was a little bit harder. We had by far the best offense I've ever seen Oak Hill Academy have. Your soft, your sophomore and senior year, or junior and senior year, when you were playing quarter junior year, junior year we were scoring like yeah, six points a game. Yeah, but even the, yeah, the year after that, though. buddy, we were scoring 50-something points a game, which just defense was crap. That's true. We did do that yeah, a lot. We scored yeah. 40-something but, points, but couldn't stop anybody. 
You can say what yeah. you want to oh, about Buddy, but I'm going to stand behind you, bro. I will always stand behind you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah, that's the top 25. We'll see how it ends up at the end of the year. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about before we get done with this today. Uh, the news really hasn't been the top 25 in college football the last week or so. It's been conference realignment. Uh, as we know, Texas and Oklahoma are moving to the SEC next year. And Ohio State, no, not Ohio State, USC and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten. What we weren't really expecting was what happened this past week. On sometime late, early last week, Colorado announced that they were going to move. They were leaving the Pac-12 going to the Big 12. Right after that, you had uh, Oregon and Washington. They've gone to the, they're going to the Big 10. This, this is all next year. So this is the last year like this. Um, like I said, Oregon and Washington are going to the Big 10. Next thing you know, right after that, Utah, um, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, they're all going to the Big 12. Right now, the Pac-12 currently has four teams in it. So I think this really might be the last year of the Pac-12, which is wild to think about because they've had such a storied history. And I mean, it's, a, it's a, over 100 years old as a conference. They've had some huge name teams be in it and win championships and stuff like that. And that's pretty much gone. Now there's talks about, I mean, Clemson and Florida State wanting to leave the ACC, which if that happens, that thinks that's going to be kind of similar to what happened with USC and UCLA. That's going to just cause a domino effect and more teams are going to leave the ACC. Right now, the Big Ten now has 18 teams in it. The Big 12 has 16. The SEC will have 16, and they haven't added anybody else. It would only make sense for Florida State and Clemson to either go to the Big Ten or the SEC. Uh, do you see the SEC going and adding anybody after all of this craziness? If they do, it'll be like a Florida State or a Clemson. Well, I know, but like I don't, I don't know, man. I I think this is really, really bad for college football. It's way worse for every other sport. Way worse. You're, I'm 100% agreeance with you. It is going to make baseball and basketball a complete and utter crap show. It's going to be ugly. Think about, think about Maryland now having to go fly to Seattle and play Washington in a freaking three-day baseball series. Oh. Uh that doesn't make any sense because, like, because after that, they're probably going to turn around and come back to Maryland and play a midweek game on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, that it is driven by football and it's driven by the money. And the thing, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the transfer portal just because of what it's done to college football to a certain degree, but. It's nothing compared to what the colleges and the universities are doing because they're jumping ship, leaving conferences for money and not even thinking twice about the kids. Yep. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a weird time in college athletics, and I don't really know how much longer this is going to be able to be sustained just because it doesn't make any sense logistically. It's all for money, and – rights deals and TV deals. And it's the Pac-12. They weren't able to strike a TV deal, and that's really what caused it. And so all those teams saw that, like, 
we're going to miss out on a ton of money because our commissioner and our conference can't figure out a TV deal with somebody. So now they are leaving to go to other conferences so they can get a little bit of a share of that. So they're leaving for money. Uh, now we're sitting here, like I said, the Big Ten has now has 18 teams. The Big 12 has 16. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's tough, but football season's not going to be as bad. I just feel bad. No, football's going to be because I feel bad for the basketball teams. I I like the thought of Ohio State playing USC regularly. I think that's awesome in football. Other than that, I don't care. But thinking about a home like they're playing each other every year, every other year. That's awesome to me, but it still doesn't make sense. What we're turning to, buddy. So in my eyes, it feels like the people that lost control two years ago are trying to get that control back. That's all it feels like. They lost a bit of control that they're used to having, and now they're trying to get a little bit more of it back. That's what I see. Yeah. Well. Well, here's another question that people hadn't really thought of. Name, image, and likeness is costing colleges money. Because whereas Milwaukee Tools might have used to come to your school directly and give you money, they're giving it to the quarterback, the offensive lineman, the DB, and the linebacker. Oh, you're right. But, I mean, then again, that quarterback and the DB and the linebacker are still bringing in that school tons of money. Yep. Yep. And they're still not getting paid by the school. They're having to go outside ways of getting paid, which still just doesn't make any sense. Um, here's another thing to think about, though. This is the last year of the 14 playoff. Next year it goes to 12. Originally, it was going to be this five, the Power Five conferences. Their conference winner has an automatic bid, and the group of five, the best, the highest-ranked group of five, has an automatic bid. Now we're looking at three conferences. Yeah, maybe four if the ACC holds together. I mean, what happens there? Do they have to change the format? Can they change the format? I don't know. Now we're having to put, when it comes to that, you're putting it in the hands of the NCAA, who we all know is incompetent. And it just, I don't know. I think that they've started something that they cannot stop. It's a genie they let out of the bottle. They can't put it back in. And I just don't know where this goes in the future. It's. I, buddy, the football stuff, like I've said 150 times, it doesn't bother. What bothers me is the basketball and the baseball. That really, really bothers me. Simply because, like, Tuesday night you'll have Michigan going to USC, and then on Thursday night Michigan will play Washington, and then they'll come back for another two day, two games at home, and then they'll go back on the road 15 hours away. Like, it's just weird, and that's not healthy for the kids, and they're not going to be able to perform at their highest level getting on a freaking airplane three nights a week to go 12 hours across the freaking world. Not only that, but, like, you're sitting here. We're talking about football mainly because it's about to be football season, but they get charter jets. They get to do that. They get to travel in style. Most schools, when it comes to especially baseball and the lower, um, not as big money making um, sports, they're traveling commercial. And we're sitting here talking about kids that are 
like it's like just take like I said baseball for example take my example where Maryland has to go all the way to the west coast to play Washington on even if they move it up on like say they have play a Friday Saturday Sunday they fly back Sunday and you're expecting them to be at class eight o'clock in the morning on Monday I mean are they the question is this are they student athletes or are they not and that's a whole different debate and topic but and I could talk for a while about that but like you're, the NCAA wants them to be student athletes where the student comes first and they're now making them fly all the way across the country and expecting them to be able to keep up with their grades, go to class, do all the stuff that college kids have to do, and then also go to practice and play football games or basketball games or baseball or softball or volleyball. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It's just, it, it's going to, this is going to be a really big impact for the kids. And I just don't think they've thought about that at one single bit. They haven't, but it's one of those things where it's like the people that are making decisions are the people like that have never had to deal with their decisions. So like what I mean by that, the people that are making the rules have never been on the other side of the coin. They don't know what it feels like to get on an airplane after a freaking Saturday night beat down and fly eight hours on a freaking jet. Like they don't, they don't know what that feels like. They don't know what it feels like to, to play a freaking 40-minute basketball game and then have to get on an airplane and fly two hours north and then fly 20 hours back to Merritt. Like, your buddy, it just – the people that make the decisions don't have to follow the rules, so to them it doesn't matter. But to answer your question, yeah, I was a Division three I mean, student athlete and I was a Division three athlete. The student, The student part didn't matter. Yeah. I didn't have to tell my teacher when I wasn't going to be in class. I didn't have to do any of that. Like the student part didn't matter. And I played division three baseball. Imagine what these division one players are doing straight to the teacher because their school counselor, bro. I remember this specifically. I was on, I was doing online school at Mississippi state in 2019. Rowdy Jordan. I was in a class with him art appreciation. Rowdy Jordan posted a discussion post during a baseball game that he was playing in. (laughs) <laughs> oh man like, yeah i mean I'm, what are we dude, talking he about? obviously went in the dug. he obviously <laughs> he obviously remembered it when he was out in center right. field he went to the dugout got on his phone or his laptop and did it really quick and went back out and hit in the right. later in the inning obviously that's what he did absolutely right <laughs> absolutely he remembered he had the discussion post he went yeah. back and figured out, remembered he had an art appreciation discussion post. His girlfriend or counselor, I don't know who it was, didn't do it for him. Yeah, he's sitting out there in center field, and a kid that's in his class yells at him, hey, do you remember that we had that discussion post? He's like, oh, crap, I forgot about that. He ran in the dugout and did it. It's not that big of a deal. So stupid, man. It's like, if I can figure it out, then you can too. Like, what the hell are we doing, man? It's so dumb. But it's not like, buddy, it's nothing yep. to do, man. It's, I mean. Like you're saying, they advertise no, student athlete, but we all know the truth. They're freaking athletes. They're not students. Yeah, they get handed a piece of paper after yep. four years. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we can. I don't know. We'll see how this goes in the next few years. See, Bear. The main thing is this: is that there's football on in less than sixteen in sixteen days. Oh, dude, my bank account. And we have college football. My bank account is either finna go up or finna go down. But either way, I don't give a schmidt. I'm going to be happy. Uh, there's also – there's football on tonight. NFL? 
there's preseason football at there's there's on right now. The Texans and the Patriots are playing mm. on the NFL Network. On the NFL. Hey, Network. it's football. It's football. The NFL Network. It's football. So football's back, and I'm ready for the season to get started. Sea uh, Bear, anything else you you want to yeah. get off your chest or anything? Yeah, I want to get something off my chest. What's that? Did you watch the Hall of Fame game the other night? I did. Our boy Brown, our boy Jason, he uh, he didn't do bad. He had two catches for sixteen. Was it like sixteen yards? Yep. Had a good block. Had a good run breaking. He had a block on a touchdown run. Uh, he made a couple tackles on punt return on the punt team. Uh, a little bit of a disappointing de- debut, I think. But then again, he didn't get. He wasn't on the first team. He wasn't getting first team reps on this in the preseason game. Uh, he had a couple situations. There was one time late in the game where he was open on a deep ball. He just got overthrown. I think he's going to be fine. The more that say Zach Wilson, because Aaron Rodgers already said he's not playing this next preseason game either. So Zach Wilson will probably get some more time. Maybe he'll get some time with him. They've been a good connection so far during training camp. So maybe he'll get some more opportunities. I'm still excited about him. I think uh, I think he has a good chance of making the team. Well, what makes me think he is going to make the team is they released their third round draft pick that was a wide receiver. They released him, so in my yeah, eyes, helps. they released him to make room for Jason. So I don't. Well, they still they still have a few more cuts until the last they get to the 53 man roster. Uh, but if he has if he goes and has a game or two where he has he puts up some numbers or maybe a touchdown catch, then I think he's fine. If he just keeps making impacts on plays, that's the main thing. Well, the the good thing he about just needs this, to keep making impacts. The good thing about this is if Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold was still the quarterback for the New York Jets, I would in confidence say that Jason Brownlee would be a practice player. In confidence, I would say probably. That. But it's but if Aaron yeah. Rodgers wants Jason Brownlee to be on the team, Jason Brownlee's going to be on the team. That's just plain and simple. Yeah, because well, that's one thing Aaron Rodgers has so far with the Jets that he didn't have in the Packers is he has a say he has a voice now. absolutely. And they're going to do probably whatever he says. So if he likes him, then he's probably going to be okay. Yep. So I, I'm excited to see what he does. They play. Um, they play the Panthers on Saturday afternoon. Um, watch out! I got you another man to watch that game. Bryce Young's going to start for the Panthers, but I bet you Matt Corral comes in at some point, and he, he he's going to put up some numbers. I'll be watching. He missed his opportunity last year when he got hurt. He's trying to beat out Sam Darnold for the backup, which I think he has way more upside than Sam Darnold. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be football's back, guys. I love NFL football. I love it almost as much as I love full weekend. A full. It's close. It's a full weekend of NFL games for this week, next week, and then the week after that, there's college football that's going to be on. So we got a lot of football coming up. I can't wait. Sea uh, Bear, good show. Uh, we'll get back and we'll be back on pretty soon. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. <laughs>